realize that I've run 10,000 kilometers in total. I think, you know, I've made it clear, I'm not that much of an athletic uh, wonder in terms of, you know, my pace, but I think I'm the real life proof that with consistency and, um, you know, anyone can run an ultra, anyone, you know, it's all about the mental strength. And I didn't set out to run 10,000 kilometers. I just mm. kept running and I've enjoyed it. And I've always found, you know, pleasure in, in what it has given me, not just the, you know, the physical activity, but the friends that you meet and the places that it takes you. So. Hey folks, welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan, that's my podcast. Really do appreciate that you've tuned in today, thank you very much. Regular followers to my podcast and my Instagram and all the rest will know that I've been a bit inactive lately. I haven't released a podcast weekly in a couple of weeks now. I do have some interesting topics in the works, have some exciting plans for the future, guests that I'd like to get on and I'm working on, and some other stuff behind the scenes. So there's interesting times ahead, but yeah, sorry I haven't been in touch with you with the regular weekly podcast but that i make up for that today in the fact that i have my friend antoinette along with me today antoinette bullen is a friend from november project amsterdam that's how we met and we've been to cyprus we ran races together we've done long runs in the trails and she's just a really good person really interesting she's got a nice running history and has lived in several countries all over the world so she's got some great stories to tell we talk a bit about our running history, how she got into it in the first place, what she believes running should mean and what it's really about, how it can help us in a, in these strange modern times of COVID and lockdown and all the rest. And we just have a nice, hopefully you agree, interesting chat. So if you'd like to find Antoinette on any social medias, all the links are going to be in the description. And it's the same for me. If you'd like to get in touch with the podcast by email, Twitter, Instagram, however you'd like. I'll link it all below. So click on the episode description and you'll see how to get in touch with me or Antoinette. But for now, I will leave you to the podcast. Guys, I really hope you enjoy it. If you do, feel free to like, download, subscribe, rate, review, share, whatever, any of those buttons, whichever one's applicable to your podcast app. And in the meantime, I do hope you're staying safe, staying healthy, staying happy, staying well. We're all doing our best. It's a hard time, but be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and we're going to get through it together. Thank you very much. I love you and leave you. And here is my chat with Antoinette. Enjoy. So, hi, folks. Welcome to Stephen Runs Vegan. Thank you very much for tuning into the podcast again. Today, I'm here with a friend of mine, Antoinette. Antoinette is a friend from November Project Amsterdam, first and foremost. And for those who don't know, and we'll, we'll get into the details of that. But she's also a very cool person with a nice, interesting running background herself. So I figured I'd get her on to talk about some of the stories she has to tell and lessons learned along the way. So Antoinette, hey, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Stephen. And thanks for the beautiful intro. Indeed, we met through November Project. I remember you were uh, there on my first, the first time I went there. And I remember you were so uh, friendly and welcoming, which was really <laughs> true to the nature of... Uh, of November projects and oh. yeah made me feel very welcome instantly so uh, yeah it's funny how how things develop from there right yeah oh thank you very much um well I'm always I always have this like mild obsession with new people who turn up as in <laughs> people who come up, come along for the first time 
Well, we, we can start there with November Project. There's a lot to get into. You've, you've had, uh, you know, quite a lot of running adventures in your time and other things, but we can start with November Project. So quickly, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a workout group, essentially, long story short. It's yeah. free. It's designed to be positive and fun and friendly, and it's, it's a, a weird and wonderful uh, group of people that you meet through it. Unfortunately, this year, COVID is it's one of the few things that has ever stopped November Project. But yeah. for a few months in between, you were doing your best to keep it going almost single-handedly, <laughs> which was fantastic. So the, our, we have leaders, co-leaders, Roderick and Saskia, who are wonderful, incredible, inspiring people. But Saskia had a baby for the first time this year, and congratulations to them. It was amazing. But naturally, the parents took some time off, and Antoinette was one of two who stepped up to take, uh, to take their place yeah. and to make sure the workouts could go ahead. So thank you very much for that. How, how, yeah. how have you found the whole co-leadership thing? Uh, it was it was fun. It was um, definitely, you know, strictly taken. I'm, I'm not sure in the most suitable to do that from the mm. perspective of, you know, am I qualified to, to run a workout group? Uh, I definitely think I can bring the energy and the enthusiasm. Uh, enthusiasm and therefore it was amazing that uh, Eduardo, very keen to, to help out with it and do it together with me because he has a little more sort of uh, athletic background than, than I do, I, I think. So together we were able to do a, a pretty good job. And sadly, you know, we had to quickly, you know, stop doing the in-person workouts. But I also really, you know, what I loved was just seeing how so many, you know, I mean, we're, we're not a large group of people, but mm. within that group, there are little, sort of groups of people that meet up together to meet for a run. And it's what I've done as well myself, that um, I've been able to reach out to people and go one on, you know, one on one on little adventures in the city, looking for parks, for instance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's, that's one we're going to get to for sure. But I think that's a good thing about November Project in that park the, the pandemic and the no in-person wor workouts. That's a tragedy, obviously. But yeah. Like I'll go along to a typical Wednesday morning workout. I know everybody there unless there's someone new and I know them a little bit or a lot. It can be both. And everyone's cool on the day. You high five, you hug, it's all fun. But there are some people where it just goes a bit deeper or you get a different vibe. So like I'm everyone in the group is great to see them. And sometimes it, we would organize social events or bigger group yeah. things outside of the Wednesday morning. And it was fun to see everybody. You find your, your people within a big group and it, it takes a weird and wonderful bunch of people, as I said, to wake up on a rainy, snowy Wednesday morning and turn out and work out. So within that, you're going to meet a lot of stories to tell, a lot of different varieties of people. And yeah, you really do find people. It, it opens doors. It opens boundaries to to whole new things like ultra marathons, for example, that I hadn't Absolutely. considered. And and that was the, the, the amazing thing. Now that we um, were not able to meet anymore um, as a group, you've you've seen the connection is still there between the group, uh, between the individuals, but as a group as well, yeah. where um, quite a few people, including yourself and Mark, uh, you know, we're running a little ultra, you know, just, uh, okay, let's do this. And, and others did it as well. There were quite a few really inspiring athletic challenges there with yeah. marathons and, you know, there's people swimming in the cold water every, there's, there's you know, there's um, running streaks, there's, um, yeah, quite a few yeah. ultras, They're and it's really... quite inspirational, and, and there's always someone that sort of picks up on it and say, hey, look what these guys are doing, and then, you know, put that out on the, 
on the on the group and yeah. uh, it then triggers other people to do something as well um, that's, so that's i think true. it's as a whole it's very inspiring and encouraging for people to uh, yeah to yeah keep that, that's a nice thing to remember because i i would keep in mind the loss of the regular wednesday morning routine and that's i'm very aware of that but yet you forget obviously we cannot do that these days unfortunately but people are doing so much other stuff maybe not every day or every week a regular thing but people are pushing themselves outside of their their boxes um if whether it's for athletic feats or if you look at the the danny uh danny's uh marathon in the bus you've got a load of volunteers people just turning up on the day so there really is a whole community thing around it and yeah obviously with with the way the way the world is now that we cannot there's only so much we can safely do but within that context within those confines we're really getting out there and pushing boundaries which is fun and it's if, if you can't be there if you're not an ultra runner or whatever that's fine everybody's supportive everybody's encouraging everybody's has their own level of challenging and it's really cool there's no judgment there's no uh competitiveness or maybe a healthy competitiveness but there's no drama which is nice to see no 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 indeed it's we're all equals right and um and i don't know how you experience it but for me even though we don't have that weekly interaction with each other i do still feel very much like i'm part of this group and so um and i know there's there's some people have that more i'm i always sort of feel that just from within yeah uh and it's also because i make an active you know uh i actively pursue people within that group and engage with them mm-hmm. um and there's others that don't have that they really just want to show up every week and work out together and that's enough for them and that's fine as well but for me i, I i've you know the group is very much alive that's what i'm trying to say that, that is very true and whether it's yeah. socially athletically uh, emotionally this time you know it's really ha- important for us to, to hang on to our our people and to stay together to meet up as much as possible so it's definitely a thriving in in different circumstances, which is cool. So um, yeah. for for anyone who doesn't know out there, November Project, I've talked about it on a few podcasts. I haven't done one specifically fully November Project yet, but I will do. You've heard from Danny, you've heard from Mark. They're both regulars, and now you're hearing from Antoinette, a former guest co-leader. So <laughs> it's it's a really cool thing. It's probably if you're in a big city in America, it's probably there. There's a few across Europe and around the world. Once we can start traveling again, just Google November Project, look at the YouTube videos, listen to a podcast. It's a really cool little um, world we've got for ourselves here. So if you're curious at all for fun, friendly, free uh, fitness, check it out. But aside from November Project, uh, how have you been keeping busy over lockdown? So obviously you, you mentioned you have to homeschool your kid and there's work and there's the reality. Yes. But, but how are you keeping inspired and um, motivated? Well, I've, I've always... First of all, let me take it, notes here because I need to find out how to say <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I've I found that... Uh, well, in Dutch, we have a saying, verandering van spijs doet eten, which means if you keep changing what you're eating, then you keep eating. So eat the same all the time. So I try to... So to translate that to running, I keep finding new challenges for myself. And... Um, most people will recognize this, you know, when you run, you have a race that you're training for, and that's what keeps, you know, keeps you motivated to go out the door. And yep. we've lost that, obviously, now, because there are no races. So we've substituted that with some virtual races. Now, that's not really for me. Um, 
Yeah. I have to really find the, the you know, um, I'm, I'm also, I know I've tried them and, and that's fun for a little while, but I keep changing that. So I'm not just doing virtual races. Um, one of the things that I know you want to get to is the parks. Um, so I started inspiring myself a little bit with, um, uh, you know, I live in Amsterdam and there's a lot of parks here. So I thought, you know, let me try and run all the parks. Uh, but I've also done, um, a little running streak. At one point I did, a couple of years ago, I did, um, you know, uh, I, I started a running streak and then after a hundred days, I was like, okay, I've hit this little milestone now and, you know, I'm done with it. So for me, my inspiration has to come from, from little, you know, sort of manageable, measurable challenges. So I could be um, doing the parks that I mentioned, but I'm also now sort of gearing up to a little bit of a personal challenge. I set myself a little 5K PR target. Um, I've always, when I started running, I started aiming for really long distances, like immediately. And so I've never really been running very fast. So now I want to try and, um, you know, target some shorter distances. Oh, that's interesting. It's always healthy and it's always fun to to shake it up a bit because... As runners, we always tell ourselves a story that I am this type of runner. I enjoy this. I do not enjoy that. And it's probably true. But I, the idea of um, pushing myself to, to run my fastest ever 5K would just sound like no fun at all. And probably right. But if it was with a group and if it was, it, it's, it's something that I need to get over that obstacle in my head. My brain is automatically telling me, no, you're not fast. You like to run far. And I'm like, okay, but yeah. that's just my brain right. telling me that. Maybe not yeah, and it's, everyone is different, right? So you have to find your own little motivation. So I'm just throwing out some different things that I've, nice. I've done and that I'm doing. And, you know, I find also that the, um, especially because life is challenging now and it is, you have to all fit it in. And now we, we're getting a curfew. So you have to, you can't run late at night anymore, um, which I, in all fairness, I wasn't doing anyway. Mm. Uh, more of an early morning runner um, to my own shock and disbelief because I always thought I wasn't a a morning person but you know training for a 5k which I'm doing I'm following a program that came you know it's one of the Garmin uh, connect programs and it automatically loads up to my watch I just do what my watch tells me to do I have to it's very late I can be very lazy about it It, go running and it says oh do you want to do your uh, you know you've got a scheduled training so yeah okay and then it just tells me how fast to run and how far. And it's all very short. So that's nice because you can easily fit it in in sort of half an hour of training. That's what I was thinking because for yeah. my longer runs, like it can be as slow and easy and lazy as I like, but it's still 20 or 30 kilometers. It's several hours. You're like burning through a fast 5K time. That's 30 minutes, 45 out to all, all yeah. things considered. So. Certainly, that's a bright spot. Bright spot. To in you know, to put perspective, my my five k PR is currently around twenty six minutes. So it's not. I'm not a fast runner, and that is again. I started running really, you know, slow and and far, and yeah. I've never really sort of shed that uh, sort of that that joke. You know, that long joke that you can do that shuffle that you yeah. can do for hours. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know, any distance. That's my, you know, that's that's my uh, the way I do it. So it's it's really fun, really, you know, and what shakes up the body as well, and it's so refreshing for the mind is to do some some strides or some intervals. You know, you you squeeze it all out it's all you can think about at that time is that how do i get through this interval and it's so you know it's so meditative really 
So yeah, it's great. Perfect it for is a, a healthy and different sort of challenge. But could, could you explain in your words to somebody what strides or intervals are, just in case they don't know? Yeah, so it's basically short. Uh, well, first you do a, a little uh, warm-up. You, you, you do your little shuffle run. Mm. <laughs> and then um, you do certain short periods. It could be a couple hundred meters or, or you know, one minute of really fast-paced running at a certain set pace or full out, you know, yeah. and then um, you do six repeats of that with a one minute rest interval that you walk or jog. Yeah. So it's basically a little bit of speed work. It could be incorporated in, into a longer run in general, or if it, it could be just that warm up, warm down, uh, power on and yeah. off for, for a while, just to get the body, yeah. the heart rate used to something a bit more intense than da, 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 yeah. da, a nice, easy Sunday <laughs> exactly. trail run, which is what we're used to. So I, yeah. uh, I don't know if you have a nice little like elevator pitch version of this, but your running background in general. So you, you, you have done many races in the past already and in several countries, but yeah. you've over, and you mentioned that you prefer the slower and f far stuff like I do, but could you give us a bit of a gist? Have you always been running since you were a kid or how did that go? Yeah. So no, the answer is no. I, um, my elevator pitch is that, um, when I mentioned I have a son, um, so I'm, when he was three, I decided, okay, I needed to do something. I wasn't running. This is about eight years ago. Um, and, um, I thought, okay, I'm, I need to lose this mummy, <laughs> this mom, mummy body, uh, which I'm very proud of, but I, I felt, okay, I need to do something. And when you said I'm very pragmatic, so I wanted to set myself a measurable target. So I said, what is, you know, I want to be fit, but what is fitness? So I said, if I can run 5k in half an hour, that's a good measure, you know, measurable target. Absolutely. And then um, I started aiming for that. And then uh, that that's sort of what kicks it off. I started running and then I met some people that were also runners. And I, you know, and I just clicked with them. We started running on Sundays. And this was at the time that I was living in Cyprus. And it happened that all these people that I met that were runners, they were all ultra runners. So that became my norm. I just thought, okay, when you run, you run really long distances and that's just really <laughs> wow. normal. And the trail community is very welcoming. And um, so that's, that's what kicks it off. So I felt like I was one of them, obviously back of the pack, but it didn't matter. So hmm. I started running and then um, within my first year, I ran, you know, um, the Athens Marathon. I ran 30K trails. I ran, you know, lots of long and slow distances. Wow. With the yeah. with the marathon, the very first one, was it was it like a crazy, like uh, unrealistic dream when you first thought of it, or was it no? I, I can do this. I I know people who 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 run. This is oh, I had in my no, my, <laughs> no doubt in my mind. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm just going to do this, uh, and nice. and I actually had a bit of a, an an unrealistic uh, idea about it. I oh. think. Uh, <laughs> I aimed for under five hours, which, you know, the Athens Marathon, if you if you don't know it, it's quite, it's got quite a lot of elevation in it. Sure, At sure. The time actually for work, I was spending a couple months in Australia. So I literally flew in from Australia to run the Athens Marathon. So I was completely jet lagged. Oh, I was, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was well prepared and I had trained really well. I actually ran the Sydney half marathon in preparation and mm -hmm. I ran that in two hours, five minutes which is still my half marathon PR. Wow. Yeah. That's good speed. 
yeah, it's, I was very happy with that. And, and, and I thought, oh, so maybe I can, well, with that in mind, I could easily do it under five hours. So I remember the sense of disappointment when I um, crossed the finish line in five hours, 28. And this is your uh, first marathon. And you're that was my first marathon. Yeah. <laughs> I, and then three months later, I ran another marathon and I did uh, break the five hour mark. So Nice, nice. <laughs> I know, and you've currently casually dropped in Cyprus, Amsterdam, Sydney. So there's, there's a lot to get through and we'll do it today or another, or another time. But I can certainly attest to your um, experience when you talked about the, the group in Cyprus, the people you meet there, because I, I have a very small example. You took us all to Cyprus for an ultra. The people I met there, their local scene were just so friendly and fun. And I could easily see how they would adopt you in even if you're a bit slower, a bit inexperienced, it, it seemed like a very welcoming group. It wasn't the elite level, fittest, fastest only. It was everybody can come along and have a nice time. Yeah. Right. So did you have more to tell about your running story? Uh, have I cut you off there? or? Well, no, no. I mean, okay, the, there's a few things. The, the, the thing with my running, I've mentioned it a few times now that I've I definitely, um, you know, started long and, and, and quickly got to those distances because that it, I started running really at the, the start of the year, so January, February time. And then uh, okay. uh, in March, I ran that 30K, uh, I ran a 30K trail, but that was actually part of a bigger race. Um, the main dish of that, <laughs> of that <laughs> event was the, uh, was the 80K ultra. And when I was there, about to start and we were all sitting around. I remember we were sitting there and I was chatting to some of these amazing ultra runners that were <laughs> also there. Um, and I said, oh yeah, so next year I'm doing the 80. I, I hadn't even run for six months. I'd already signed <laughs> up for the Athens Marathon uh, at that time. And yeah. I was, oh yeah, no, next year I'm, I'm doing the 80. And that's how it goes, right? Like, okay, yeah, no, good for you. Nobody said you can't do it. I think one person said like, you know, I mean, that is a big stretch, you know, you started running this yeah. year, so just make sure you don't injure yourself. And I just, you know, and that's sort of to describe myself under, as a runner, especially at that time, it was really just a matter of, uh, and I think that is true to ultras in general, you decide that you're going to do it. You don't question, at least I don't question whether I can do it. Once you start questioning if you're capable the, the doubt starts creeping in. So that that's me as a runner. So the first few years of my running um, life. I, I lived in Cyprus. I had great fun on the trails and I didn't need to play the tricks with how do you motivate yourself? No, I was living in Cyprus. And so <laughs> yeah. there were amazing trails and I never needed any motivation. The, the, it was just too much fun, you know? And then sure. it wasn't until I moved to Amsterdam uh, about four years ago that I really needed to, um, you know, find motivation from, from different things. And, and um, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's me as a runner. <laughs> You're not waking up in Cyprus the way you had beaches and blue skies and mountains on your doorstep. No, this was, <laughs> it was raining and it was busy. And it was gray. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We all need a bit of uh, motivation in that case, but that, yeah. that's amazing. So in Cyprus, I mentioned earlier, the reason I know a little bit about what, what's going on there is because you took us all over. And I don't know if you remember the first day that you told certainly me or us about this. It was on that Mark took us on a tour of Amsterdam, a running tour. So yeah. one, of, one of our group was a former tour guide in Amsterdam, which is a busy tourist city, obviously. So he, he knew a bit about the history and the sites and took us 
offered to take us around on a running tour. So I think we did about 10 kilometers that day, getting all the sights of Amsterdam. Some, some locals, some foreigners like me, and we all felt a bit like tourists on the day, which was nice. But then afterwards, the, the weather was good, and we just we had a coffee or whatever at a, at a square, at a cafe. And I don't know how it came up in conversation. I think we were just talking about running goals, but you, who I, Antoinette, who I didn't really know well at the time, but was just one of the group, suggested this. She knew people in Cyprus who were hosting an ultra marathon. And Mark and I kind of looked at each other. and We were already flirting with the ultra idea then. And suddenly, oh, well, a friend knows someone who's doing it. You, you made it sound very nice. And you talked about the people, how good they were, Brian and Chris, which I've learned since are the most magnificent people. And it, it, it suddenly wasn't the pie in the sky idea anymore. It was a reality. Like, oh, it's happening in March. Uh, okay, we, let's get to business. Let's do this for real. Yeah. And I think in the end, there were, what, 10 of us who went over the group? Yeah, I, I, I need to look at the picture and count all the faces. Yeah, but yeah. I remember indeed, like, well, it started with... Um, um, Saskia saying, listen, guys, we're doing this workout once a week together. You know, let's try and do, organize a few other activities. And um, oh. and indeed, you know, Mark did this really cool uh, little tour of the city. And I enjoyed that thoroughly. And then, then I thought, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I still have some friends and uh, I, I have a little place in, uh, in Cyprus. I was planning on doing that run. I said, well, anybody who wants to join, you're welcome to join. I can put you up. And oh, I thought, I well, you know, maybe one or two people, you know, I mean, who's going to do this, right? It's a five-hour flight. It's, it's. I mean, it's. it costs money to go there. Yeah, yeah. And you have time from work. It's not that easy to organize. But then in the end, one, you know, I think Heather, she was even, I, I was halfway in my sentence and she booked her flight already. <laughs> uh, there were a few others that were very keen. Mark said, yes. I mean, you were a little bit like, yeah. I, I was me. Flight, and so I was like, "Okay, come on, book your flight." And Mark was like, "Oh, don't worry, he'll he'll sign up." He, <laughs> <laughs> Mark, so, Mark uh, knew well. Yeah. So in the end, we had this really cool group of people that um, all joined, and I had to find additional uh, another house. Thankfully, yeah. The the, the boys got the overflow there. accommodation, which was yeah. You, you went from thinking about one or two people, maybe, and yeah. suddenly it's a gang of us, and oh, we need more space. Okay, cool, and yeah. And what a and what a great trip it was in in so many ways because mm -hmm. we had a, a run. We had you know obviously uh, a few you know first ultras were run there, which was amazing, and yeah. uh, and I love that as well. I don't always need to do all the running myself and take the pleasure out of that. It's for me. I still remember seeing you and Mark uh, sitting there after finishing with that plate of undercooked chips and a large pint of beer. And um, just this, this look on your faces was just amazing. You were both just so happy and these were the best chips ever. And yeah, you know. <laughs> that's, that's the be beauty of running really far. I remember one yeah. of our training runs, you came to the, the forest near Harlem. There was a few of us. And I think I had the the nicest sandwich of my life that day. It was just bread and peanut butter, but it was yeah. it could have been a gourmet meal for all I knew. At the time. <laughs> Something about running really far does that to people. Yeah, but yeah the, like there was a whole gang of us. What I loved, like not everybody ran the ultra. There were a, a range of different distances, and everybody ran their level. Some people doing their first ever trail race, so it was really cool. And during the race, like there there were color coded bibs, but 
if you saw somebody out there, it didn't matter if they were running the, I forget the distance is 10, 30 K the, the full ultra. Once you're, you're in the middle of a forest or on a mountain or on a beach and it's very isolated and you're with another runner and the bond yeah. there is, is incredible. And that was within our group, but also just with the wider community, I got to know so many people that day just for one day, but it was a deeper connection because yeah, how often do you meet people halfway through an ultra marathon? So even if it's the first time you meet them, you're going to, you already have a big connection with that person there. I just, I love yeah. the overall vibe, the scene, the, the, the fellow runners, the organizers, volunteers. It was just yeah, really great race, really perfect trip. Yeah, I loved seeing, uh, I have to say, I thought, oh dear, Stephen, are you not going to get injured? Because I remember how you trained for it. And then, but I, now I know that's just how, how you train for something <laughs> like that is, is really on minimum running. And uh, the same with Mark, who, uh, who actually got injured uh, during the program, during his program. And, um, but I, you know, this, that just shows that ultra running is really all about character. And, and like I said, that decision to, to say, okay, I'm just going to do this and yeah. um, okay. And be prepared to, to suffer a little bit, or there's always going to be something that, you know, that happens during the day. And, uh, and that is one thing that, you know, by growing up as a runner, surrounded by all these experienced ultra runners, for me, you know, they always told me like, don't worry, something's going to go wrong. So when you find out that your favorite snack is not there anymore, or you've lost or your laces snap, or, you know, you just think to yourself, ah, that's the thing. I'm glad I've had it now, you know, and it might be another one, but that's fine. It's cool. I knew something was going to happen. I mean, one day I was, um, as I was training for one of my ultras, I was meeting with Brian and Chris, who are the organizers of that uh, race that you ran. Uh, I was going to meet them uh, close to their home. This was an hour drive from my home. And I, as I arrived there, I realized I forgot, forgot to my running shoes. Porch. So <laughs> I did a 40K trail on borrowed shoes that were a size down. And wow. all along, Chris kept saying, oh, this is great training for you. This is great because you know what it's like to suffer and to push through it. And I have no negative memories from that training. Yeah. Um, it, it was just like, oh, yeah. And it, it just strengthens my, you know, strengthened my belief that you can, with some, you know, with the right attitude, you can do it. That's a good point. It, it Ultras, longer distances especially, it's such a mental game. And if you've got the right mentality, if you really, truly want to do it, you will. You'll find a way to get over yeah. it. Like Mark started with an injury. I was probably undertrained, and the, everyone has their own <laughs> little um, struggles. I, I, I do like the, the diversity in training there between Mark and I. We were essentially polar opposites, where he's a perfectionist and wants to plan everything and hit everything harder than, yeah. than needs to be if, in some cases and gets injured as a result. But it's a fine line. It could be super well-trained or you could be unlucky. I'm on the other side where I will train, but I will do just enough, essentially, and I, I can say this in hindsight, I wouldn't have told you that at the time. No, I'm, I'm training hard. I'm doing good. But it was just enough. And that was, that's how oh, I, I saw your Strava account, which <laughs> was very, very um, empty. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I also know, don't always run with tech, whereas I record um, <laughs> every centimeter that I, that I run. Right. And especially in the beginning, I was obsessed with making you know i was analyzing it and how fast am i going and and i've completely let go of that but i still okay. record everything 
yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to know how much I've ran just out of interest. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And it, yeah, it I, 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 I respect that about you, to be honest, that you can just go and run and then it's not on Strava. It's like, mm. I can't cope with that. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I'm, I'm guilty of recording my runs for probably slightly egotistical reasons as well. Like if I do a 20K run and it doesn't save for some reason, if I lose it, I feel a little gutted, like, oh, damn it. Yeah. But and it's it's not something I can take pride in. It's not really a choice. It's just the way my brain is wired. I don't want the fuss. I, I, I enjoy running for the no sake of it. Yeah, maybe, maybe it takes the, if you want to go out, and, and I, I do get that, uh, if you want to go out and just, run and then maybe stop and walk and admire the trees and then jog on and have a really great run and a great time outside but not very fast maybe you feel that pressure from okay how are others going to perceive this this outing that i just did um but yeah and then you'd rather run without it right you didn't record it so you could you can just enjoy it in peace but i don't have that issue I I don't care what people think of my pace. In yeah. that in that case in that sense, I'm very free of pressure, and maybe that's just age. <laughs> well, whatever it is, that's a fantastic attitude to have. And yeah. you clearly suggest that you went a bit too far down the gadgets and tech and statistics yeah. route, and then realized where your happy balance is. So now you found it over time. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. It's the, for me, the, uh, well, early on, some, some of my experienced running friends, they did say just, you know, you should run naked, you know, and <laughs> naked being um, without a gadget. And right. uh, I couldn't always do that, but I have learned to uh, also in the beginning to, to cover my uh, watch with the sleeve. Oh, um, smart. Okay. And uh, even when I ran the, um, one of the best, uh, my second best marathon time is the one that I ran in Amsterdam, which was also um, four hours 44, like yours. Oh, <laughs> nice. uh, and that one I ran with my watch covered the entire race. And I thought, I'm just going to run this by feel. And, and I had the really, I really squeezed everything out of it. It wasn't until the last kilometer that I looked because I knew, okay, I'm going to finish now. Oh, okay. How close am I? And then I thought, oh, I can break 4.45, which was a bit of a so the last kilometer of the Amsterdam marathon uh for me was the fastest kilometer of the whole race <laughs> I just sort of did it in I love five and a half minutes which for me on you know at the end of a marathon is fast so yeah I, I love the idea because <laughs> we, we both run big city marathons and towards the end like it starts off as a festival a carnival everybody's happy there's music dancing and the last few kilometers, almost nobody's talking to each other. It's the shuffle. It's miserable faces, injuries, and all. The, and then you have Antoinette checking her watch and perking up and dancing over the finish line. I like that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that, to see that late. I was, but I, I have to say that that marathon it went well because I was incredibly focused from start to finish. I didn't talk to anyone. I was in my own head. I was very focused okay. and concentrated. But I did cover it. But I've done plenty of other runs where i put the watch um not even around my wrist i put it uh, in my bag in my pocket mm. or what have you so that i could just run and not worry about it but then i still would have my little statistic analysis available <laughs> yeah an and I, I danny and i came to this conclusion a couple of times in our little marathon uh, interview but it's basically like there's no wrong answer if if needing the statistics and wanting all the detail and the kit is what gets you out and makes you happy and gets you healthy and running great 
or if yeah. you're if you don't care at all about a, a watch or strava or whatever and you just want to go into the woods and lose yourself also great like there's no you can do whatever makes you happy absolutely yeah yeah and now now i find the benefit of that watch that i have that gives me my training program and i have to say if i was coming up with my own little training program for a 5k mm-hmm. i would i would be in a different mental place now about that because okay this watch is telling me I'm right on schedule. I'm doing everything well to go below 25 minutes. And it's giving me a lot of, you know, thumbs up. And I feel that it, the program is relatively easy to follow. I'm sort of in the first half of it still. Okay. Um, and I'm hitting all the times that I'm supposed to run. So it's it actually gives me a very positive uh, confirmation about yeah. my, yeah. And if I were running myself, I would have wanted to make much more progress so much quicker and then i wouldn't you know i wouldn't hit that and then i would be disappointed and discouraged and now i feel the absolute opposite so that is what this watch gives me that's garmin connect you said that is through garmin connect yes i think they deserve a shout out you seem to be uh you (laughs) there are a million training plans and different watches yeah yeah, i've always had i'm a garmin fan i've always had garmin yeah loyal to garmin (laughs) <laughs> but that's like as an experienced runner you can tend to know too much for your own good basically like oh i've been here before i know what to do don't worry and then no sometimes it is nice to strip it back to basics follow the plan stick to it yep. ignore yep. your own better uh judgment i better in air quotes for for listeners <laughs> but your own judgment and just stick to the plan and that sounds like it's working quite well cool absolutely yeah, yeah. There's a little uh, confidence meter uh, about the oh. confidence that the, this virtual coach has in you meeting <laughs> the target that you set, and it's just been going. You know, it's at the it's at its max right now for me. Nice. So, and you, it's you great well. because I do four runs a week, and most of them are less than five kilometers. Um, and then there's always a sort of a, a little bit of a longer run in the weekend. So it's so easy to fit in. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and especially because I was always doing long distances. I, I've always felt like I have to do long distances, but mm-hmm. it's okay. It's, it's yeah. fine. And it's, says who? Yeah. It's, it's all in your head. Yeah. But that's good. And to, to anyone who might not be aware listening later, it's January 2021. So it's, you know, it's cold out there. It gets dark quite quickly and the weather is not great, but you're still getting out there quite regularly. So that is awesome. Uh, I, I'm starting to slip into the podcast, uh, the territory of we could just talk for hours, and we could, but I, I won't. I won't just keep you on all day. You've got other things to do. But I do want to talk about the Parks of Amsterdam uh, yeah. mission, the challenge you set for yourself, because that's turned into a wonderful thing. It's been a lot of fun. But do you, when you started, you ran in a park one day, or you probably run in all the parks, many of the parks in Amsterdam regularly. Did you have a moment, like an epiphany on your run? Ah, I'm going to document this whole thing. <laughs> or was it just coincidence? And then no, seven parks in, you realized, oh, well, this is a thing. Yeah, no, I, I um, this was one of those little challenges that I set myself to get myself out the door. So in 2019, I started with this. And I was actually, well, I started it before I realized what I was getting myself into. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> as all good plans start like sure. that. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I um, uh, it was the beginning of 2019 and I knew I was going to run the Chicago Marathon at the end of the year. Um, and so it was too soon to start my training program. So I thought, what can I do to entertain myself to get at least some regular running in 
And I thought, oh, hold on, I'm going to run all the parks events today because I knew there were quite a few. Mm. So I started it and I set myself little objectives of, okay, as every run, I can do only one park and I have to take a picture and then I post it. So that's what I started. But then I quickly realized there are way too many parks. There's over 40 <laughs> parks. Yeah, and I, ha quite I had no idea. And so I didn't finish it that springtime. Um, so I did my Chicago uh, marathon, which was amazing. And then... Um, in 2020, it was a great way of, you know, I was like, okay, I'm still not done. And I said I was going to do it, so I have to keep going. And in 2020, with, with COVID, it was a great way of connecting with friends who live all over Amsterdam. Mm. And um, I've been going on all these little uh, sort of tour, as a tourist, little tours through the city, accompanied by friends who take me to the parks in their part of town. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so I, I um, do a little research on each park and then I post about it. So now I'm 75% um, done. Uh, I, I think I can catch the last few parks in about five different runs. I do multiple parks on a run now. Most okay. parks are very small yeah. and you can't really exclusively run in a, in a, in a park. Um, but it's amazing um, to see the city through the eyes of the friends that I run with, because I run all the parks with people that, well, predominantly are crazy enough to join me uh, or who are just good friends. Uh, but it's generally near their house, uh, so in their part of town. That's nice. You get the lo lo local flavor in as well. Exactly. And then um, I do a little bit of research about it. And then I put a little Instagram post uh, yeah. about the park. And I'm, uh, I'm looking at your, your Instagram now. The latest one is Park 31. So you're, yeah. you said there's 40 something parks. So yeah, you, you do, you're doing great. Yeah. And this is one of those examples of, I knew about five or six park names in Amsterdam, and I assumed there would be more. And obviously there are, but 40, I did not know. And this one, Uver Park, is that how you say it? just a short ferry trip across from Central Station. And then you go yeah. into the detail of what the parks are like for better or worse and what facilities they have, how they are for a runner. So um, I'll plug you here. You can find the links all below, but if you, if you search Antoinette runs with an underscore in the middle on Instagram or hashtag parks of Amsterdam, is that a thing? I'm looking, yeah, hashtag parks of Amsterdam. <laughs> if you're a runner yeah. in the Netherlands or if you plan to get here one day to, to enjoy the beautiful city, you could do a lot worse. You'll see a lot of parks popping up on Antoinette's timeline, a lot of information in them. One thing I'm curious about, do you have a favorite one that you've done so far? Or is, do you have a new favorite now that you've done them all? No, well, because I'm, I, I will never let go of the long distance running. That's, mm. I think that's more who I am. So in terms of the longer distances, you really need to uh, go to a bigger uh, place like the Amsterdam, uh, Amsterdam Sebos, right? The, the forest, yeah. um, which technically is a park. And um, but there's some beautiful ones in in North as well. Uh, Vliegenbos. It's it's not quite as big, but it's a, it's a nice little park as well. Um, but for shorter distances, yeah. I mean, there 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 is such a huge variety of parks here in Amsterdam. Many of them are small. They tailor to. Um, especially for kids to be outside little playing areas um there are some fields the, the parks i like best that are that closely the um, most closely resemble the trail okay so yeah. the wilder they are the more nature is allowed to run free 
uh, the better I, I, I feel about them because then I feel maybe a little bit more connected to to, to earth rather so than you're, just your your running background and your preferences yeah. nice do yeah. you think there's any sort of hidden gem of a park the ones because i i know sarfati park vulnerable park the the, the yes. main ones is there one that was completely blew you away and that you didn't expect you were surprised by yes there is one called natur park the vrije geer okay it's a uh, part 27 of my park uh... <laughs> for those following <laughs> and... at home yeah, it is tiny. It is really small, but that is one uh, that really, um, you know, I was quite overwhelmed by it when I was there, and I ran there with our mutual friend Danny. It's very close to her house, actually. Okay. She didn't even know about it. So speaking of hidden gems, it's yeah. tiny, and that's um, well, it's actually not that small. It's got the most interesting background as well. So have a look at the uh, the Insta page. Um, I'm but on, it was. I'm on Google Maps yeah. now, just looking at the region. It's it's on the edge outskirts of the city for sure. Ostorp sort of area. Yeah, it's it's exactly it's uh, in the west uh, oh. of Amsterdam. And yeah. um, what is special about it is that it's uh, mostly for uh, the animals, and the the majority of it you can't even go there. So that um, makes it a nature park in Platzen. Yeah, just a park. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, but it was also um, the first ever referendum that was held in the Netherlands or in Amsterdam, at least, um, that was about this park. Oh, okay. And it's it's not that big an area, but everybody was just so engaged in the, the whole discussion around it because they were considering putting, you know, building, you know, construction sites and yeah. building houses. And uh, it, it was saved. Nature <laughs> survived. Nice. So that's, I mean, that's, and that's the nice thing. You do a lot of research. You learn so much about the city um, that, you know, it's so, yeah, sometimes it's a bit of pressure to, to post about them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can only be so creative about a, a field yeah. which is technically called park, but was got nothing in it eventually. No, exactly. Yeah, I've had a few of those as well. And then I just have a laugh. Like the best one was in uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. I went to North Amsterdam and um, I was with a friend and we were both like, okay, where is this park? You know, yeah. I, I've planned the route. We should have, where is it? And then we were looking on Google Maps and we were actually right in it. Oh, that, like, that you oh, didn't realize you were in the park? This little piece of grass where you know i mean it looked honestly it looked nothing like a, a what i consider to be a, a real park so that was the most <laughs> moments <laughs> well it's all, it's all part of the mission right I, i've heard of um people in america two different um situations where a person has run their city so a guy in san francisco ran every street in san francisco and it ended up being a, yeah. a ridiculously more complicated project than he had intended for like <laughs> trying to hit a re an area and do it efficiently and all that but he said there were somewhere it was just there's nothing you, you have to walk or run like a kilometer down the street and you know there's nothing there and you have to turn back the other way but yeah. the, like every side street every alley every little bit of field that they claim to be a park makes the real parks a bit better and just adds to the whole thing so respect to you mm. for getting, getting to those places even if it's not <laughs> deserving of your i think attention. i even said like i went to this park so you don't have to i think that's, <laughs> that was one of the things maybe I, i'm not sure that, that comment made it into my instagram post right. but i may have said it on uh, on strava because it was just um yeah there, there wasn't much to it and then i found out it's a location where illegal 
street races and parties are held. Okay. And that's probably because it's so far away from the city. This, um, yeah, so that, that's also the city. There's so much to it and in all its glory and it's beautiful and, you know, what's and all, as they say. Yeah. Amsterdam, yeah. Amsterdam is not a big city in terms of international standards, like for, for a capital city, 800,000 no. people, I think. But yeah, the, yeah. Okay, yeah. The, the the diversity in such a small area. The one of the things I love with Amsterdam is if you go behind Central Station, get the ferry across to Nord, and walk for two minutes, you're in fields already. There are country houses almost, and you can see the skyline. You can hear the noise of the city really close by. So it's a bit inverted, uh, distorted because it's the river and it's a wide thing, and there's not too much development in Nord in comparison. Well, not yet, but there is so many like um, facets to the city of Amsterdam between the old canal belt area that everybody thinks of, the newer suburban areas, what's what's going on on the other side of the water, the fact that countryside is so readily available, so close yeah. to the city. It's a great place. Still. Absolutely. <laughs> Not Harlem, of course. <laughs> no, I, I, I love them both. I love Amsterdam now because it feels still feels like a bit of a destination because I don't live there. Like it does going to Wednesday morning November project didn't count because I didn't really see the city. Sometimes I would stay for breakfast, but I'd get the train, Nemo, back on the train home. So whenever I go into the city proper, I still feel like a bit of a tourist, and I never want to lose that. So no. that, that's been enjoyable. And the, how due due to the fact that I live in Harlem, Amsterdam still special occasion. So I do want to men mention one thing before I let you go. You've recently hit a running milestone as well. Do you want to tell about that? Were you quite proud of that one? Oh, I am. I am um, proud indeed that I. Um, well, I started running eight years ago, as I said, and I've now um, realized that I've run ten thousand kilometers in total, which I know because I keep track of it. So, <laughs> um, I think you know. I've made it clear I'm not that much of an athletic uh, wonder in terms of, you know, my pace, but I think I'm the real life proof that with consistency and, um, you know, anyone can run an ultra, anyone, you know, it's all about the mental strength. And I didn't set out to run 10,000 kilometers. I just mm. kept running and I've enjoyed it and I've always found you know pleasure in in what it has given me not just the you know the physical activity but the friends that you meet and the places that it takes you so i do um yeah i'm very happy with running in my life and now i've made ten thousand, and now i'm thinking well you know how <laughs> many more <laughs> without uh, setting myself a, a goal for it but how many more will i run and i also realized that with all the friends that I know that run consistently very long distances, it makes me wonder, God, how many kilometers have they run in their lifetime? So <laughs> yeah. much more, probably. But Maybe. yeah, I mean, it's an average of uh, over, just over 20 kilometers a week. So it's not, it's not a, if you break it down like that, but it's just the fact that I've always kept on running, mm. even though it was slow and sometimes a little bit faster. Um, but yeah, I've always continued. So that's it, 10,000. That's fantastic. And I think it is, it's worth repeating. Like, as you said, you are not elite athlete number one, but you are a perfect example of what someone can do, not only with the performance, but with, I, I think you more than anyone are one of the people that milks everything the running has got to offer with between travel and community and making new friends and just 
running as, as a physical thing one foot in front of the other and you go around your local area or do a race whatever but for something so limited technically you've really made it creative and made it fun made it personal made it your own so that's something everybody can do whether you're a elite marathon runner or just trying to get a little bit healthy and move your body so it's a good good um message to send that it's not about time and performance not all about that it can be but you can just Stop make having it, a good time have a good time <laughs> yeah. move, your, move your body and accidentally yeah. reach ten thousand kilometers you can talk about elite performance and you can talk about improving your fitness to any level but it's commitment it's um Finding the joy. You have to find the joy in it right. because there's no joy. When I started running, I remember that I would run to the end of a certain road and that was 800 meters. And that was as far as I could run nonstop. Mm, and okay. if you, and I just, I did, I wasn't thinking about 10,000 kilometers then. Mm -hmm. I just, that, that's when I was thinking about running half an hour. And I remember years before that, that somebody told me, a colleague said, oh, I'm training for a marathon. And it was just this out of this world yeah. thing that I could not wrap my head around. Like, why, why would you even want to do that? I didn't like running. <laughs> I've done all sorts of sports. I didn't even like it. I played football yep. very, you know, again, not at a particularly high level. Um, but I think I'm fitter now than when I played football. I'm, I'm pretty sure I am. And uh, now I'm thinking, well, if I was fitter, maybe I should have started running back then already. I would have done so much better. But yeah, just running that 800 meters nonstop, that was like the maximum I could do. And, you know, you too can run 10,000 kilometers. Yeah, <laughs> There's a message for your listeners. Everybody can do this because I think people recognize that. Like non-runners know that when back in the day when they started running, they couldn't run nonstop. They were running too fast. Everything was wrong about it. But yeah. you just have to keep going. Indeed, that's it. You just have to keep going. And I think it's really important and really good that you remember that 800 meters and the joy, the the feeling of triumph it gave you. Because yes, now you can, of course, you can run, you know, incredible distances. But it's I, I always like remembering how hard it was in the beginning or how you framed it in the beginning when you start running. So. I, if I told you today, oh, I just ran a 5k this morning, you and I are regular runners and nobody bats an eyelid, but we know, and I think we're in the happy medium there between elite and non-runner where it's, we know how far five kilometers is. It's really impressive if somebody can run that far or 800 meters. It's, it's nice to see you're still, you haven't, you haven't lost sight of the, the overall meaning and what, what, it, what it truly means to some people, especially early on now that we are surrounded by so many wonderful performers and athletes that's cool no I like absolutely that. i i have friends who um weren't runners and i've along this period that i've been running i've been getting people into running and then i've seen how nice. how it's uh changed their lives almost and it sounds a bit sort of uh, you know a bit floaty but it's you know, I know one particular friend who was really struggling with life in general. She wasn't happy um, yeah. on, on many levels. And, um, you know, she ended up running a half marathon and that really empowered her and made her realize that she can achieve things and that she can do things. 
and uh, she changed everything about her life, her relationship, her profession, and she's incredibly successful and happy right now. So wow. this is, you know, that's the power of running. And she did that. I didn't do that. I just nudged her like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, let's go for a run. And that's what running can do. And that's what sports in general can do is it can strengthen your belief about yourself and it builds your confidence. And it doesn't have to be 5K. It can be 800 meters. That's okay. Definitely. And I know you say it's it's a bit cliche, but running can change your life. But I think both of us would absolutely agree that running has changed our lives. The The fitness is one thing. I love that my body is capable of doing those long distances, but that opens up your world to November projects and meeting friends. And suddenly I'm running an ultra in Cyprus. And I've, I have memories from America when I met November project people over there. And it, I like that I'm at a level of fitness and a place in my life where I can just do all of this stuff because I'm running. It's running is great on its own, but the world, the the opportunities it opens up for you, if you are willing to take them and listen to them are, is that's where the real joy is to be found. Absolutely. Yeah. The running is, uh, has given me uh, a lot of connection with people and, and friendships and it's getting me through um this COVID <laughs> lockdown because mm. i i most of my runs i run with people um and um yeah i'm very happy that i have good friends that also run and i guess you sort of seek each other out but it's uh yeah it's keeping you ticking yeah in many we, we, we did get lucky having a hobby that is still safe outdoors we're not we we're not like indoor performers musicians or whatever we're, we're still doing something which can be done safely and happily and legally at the moment uh, outside so that's that's a great you landed on your feet there especially in amsterdam with so many np buddies around yeah and you know i have to say i'm i'm running in the city now um i used to just run the parks but now i actually (laughs) run the canals i run parts of the city that uh normally i would need to run at 6 a.m to to find the streets empty but now i can run at seven or eight and the streets are empty so that's a yeah. minor benefit of <laughs> I had that in my early days when I was start I just started to run and I was starting to visit Amsterdam because at the time I had a Dutch girlfriend and before I lived in the Netherlands I would go to visit her and I would always love to go for a run but yeah the the Rome I was such a new tourist and uh, yeah, I had this like honeymoon period with Amsterdam and the Netherlands and it's a great city and I still love it but I would that would come into conflict when I'm out in the afternoon on a canal belt and having to stop every three seconds for a tourist or a scooter or a delivery truck or whatever. <laughs> so as beautiful as it is, you've had to, it's, it's yeah. beautiful for a lot of people who want to visit, but yeah, you can make the most of it these days for sure. Um, well, I think I've covered everything there. I don't know. I won't keep you on forever if there's anything more you'd like to talk about if there's anything you haven't covered or mentioned well look you always do these podcasts and you ask all the questions but what about you what is your do you have any running uh, i know i'm putting you on the spot now but that's okay do you have any running uh, goals or any any sort of active you know motivations right now um, Maybe i can uh, feed off because I'm, <laughs> you know, once I'm done with my 5K program, I've got to find something else. The parks are almost done. Yeah. What else well, is there? Well, I, I think <laughs> the, the, the running fires are still burning in, in you there with parks and with everything. So I don't think I need to be the one to do it. And for me, I'm not running at the moment at all, which is I'm, t- I'm telling myself it's fine because, what, I, as you said, like when you're at 
kilometer 40 of a long uh, race it's the power of your mind is whatever you tell yourself is the truth so i'm i'm telling myself i'm running not running at the moment it's okay because there have been many times in the last few years where I wake up in the morning, I look out the window and I immediately want to change into my shoes and change into my gear and get out and run. And I'm not having that at the moment. I do love to be outside. So I'm, I'm going out walking pretty much every day these days. It's like picking a different direction every day and walking for an hour or two in that direction and seeing what I find, which is lovely. And it's really slowing me down. I'm listening to podcasts. I'm not running at any brisk pace whatsoever. And that's kind of, all I'm doing at the moment is a bit of like fitness stuff here and there, but um, there's nothing on my calendar, obviously, because it's, it's a bit weird calendars. These days, there's nothing, I, d- I don't have any projects. I don't have any plans and I'm okay with that for the first time in a while, because when in 2018, 2019, when running was in full flow and we were signing up for races, I would finish the Dublin marathon in October, for example, and I, okay, now what do I do? How, how do I get to March before the next race? I need something to keep me going. Uh, at the moment, I'm looking at my future mental calendar and it's blank and that's okay. So I'm keeping myself open to inspiration like yourself. <laughs> and I'm hoping that one day it will come back around and the fires will start burning again. But I tend to go very cyclical with things as in I get all into something or not at all. And both are for good reason. And I think now is a time where my body, my brain is recharging. And I've been through this with other with education, with other, other things in my life where I need to step away. And then when I come back, I'm better than ever before. So I think I'm in a place like that now. I hope that's not just a fancy, uh, wordy excuse for being lazy. But No, no, <laughs> because... I think this is this goes for many people. And I think you've run long enough to know that um, when you... Um, that it will come back. It's not the, 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 it, it only needs a little spark to to light the fire again with you. Mm. The, the wood is there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's it's smoldering and keeping the fire smoldering in the corner, and it will <laughs> it will come back. It's not like you don't like it, and it sounds like you're still getting out and getting something out of it uh, by oh, yeah. going out. But... And I'm still I still love to see all my friends running. I'm following the running world as much as I ever was. I, I don't have any plans to change hobbies or anything this is this is what i do and it will be again but for now it's just a bit of time off and that's okay that's cool and i think that's a good message as well right yeah. it's okay and you don't need to sort of um i think you seem quite level-headed about it and quite cool about okay it's, I mean, this is sort of where i am now with my running and it's very you know limited so then it will come back and maybe when we can go on group runs again and you don't want to miss out on the fun when we're all talking about going for a little trail somewhere in yeah. the corner yeah. of Holland. <laughs> those, those trail runs were, were a wonderful thing when they happened and they yeah. will again, and I'll definitely be part of it. I'm looking forward Absolutely. to them. I'm counting on it. Yeah. For, um, saying, there's nothing better yeah. than spending a few hours in the forest on a, on a Sunday. Ideally the forest, not the beach. I know you, you and Sand don't have the best relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's I, I don't mind it, but uh, if it's uh, I do remember that one where it was sort of ankle deep. It was just too, it was too much. You, you can deal with it for five minutes, and then it comes again and again and again. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you can only empty your shoes so many times before you just admit defeat. Yeah. <laughs> all right, we we could trade running stories all day. I will hang up the phone now. I'll let you go. Um, but Antoinette Bullet, thank you very much. It's been a great uh, time to get to know you a little bit more, share some stories. 
I feel a bit like I did with Danny now, where I feel we're really only scratching the surface of what you have to tell about your experiences. But I hope this was a nice overview. And yeah, thank you very much for your time this morning. Yeah, thank you for uh, for this conversation. I'm honored to be on your podcast. So, uh, but uh, yeah, let's let's keep in touch, and uh, we can always have a chat without being recorded because even everything we say, and then you talk about soft sand, and then I'm thinking about this desert half marathon I did, and you know, every <laughs> everything you say always triggers more stories. Oh, so, we'll for another day. Thank you, and uh, good luck with your podcast. Thank you very much. All the best to the the, the family. And, uh, yeah, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.